Oh yeah, we back in that thing. Yes, sir. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. We are back. Welcome to the Millennial Minute. I am Elder Nick. This is Minister Harrell. We have a special, special, special <laughs> topic for you today. Are we bringing that heat today, man? We can't guarantee if it even be one podcast episode. We're making no promises. It is what it is. But tonight, we're going to discuss lust versus love. Lust versus love. Let's this, get it. This is not for the weak or the faint at heart, uh, but this is a topic that often needs to be discussed. Man. Uh, Minister Nick, I mean, Elder Nick, one of the yeah. things I want to discuss, I want to talk about lust. Let's go. I want to talk about lust. One of the things that people often use is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. They always mention lust, uh, something that has a lust to it that's shiny, that's attractive. But what's very interesting is when you think about the thing of lust, I think of Satan. Okay. The reason why I think of Satan is this, is because with lust, lust comes to take. Hmm. And I'm going to tell you why I say that lust comes to take. Because he's like a roaring lion that is seeking who he may devour. He's lusting after who he can consume. He's looking to take something. He's not looking to give. Hmm. I say that because... A lot of times when we think about our relationships and we think about um, the people that we encounter, it's oftentimes that you have very few friends because the majority of people will associate with you as long as there is something to take. But there are very few people who come with something to give. Mm, That's good. You know, even with you being an elder, there are people who won't speak to you in Kroger. But when they're in need of prayer, they want to take up all the time that they can They want to take from the anointing that's on your life. They want to take from the wisdom that God has given unto you. But yet indeed, there is nothing that they look to give to you in return. They they look to take. We, We understand even with Satan, he looks to take life from people because the wages of sin is death. We understand that death takes life. It literally causes life to cease. We understand that this is a foundational piece of who Satan is. And the enemy comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he comes from. To yeah. steal, take something from somebody else, kill, take life, and then destroy means take it out of existence. You because are- you're absolutely right. And one of the things that I thought of is that when the Bible tells us that God made man in his own image and of his likeness, there was an image that God had intended man to reflect of himself. Mm. When God saw man, he expected to see himself. Mm. But the thing that bothered me is that it's kind of funny that Satan came as a serpent. Okay. Because one of the spirits that's tied with serpents is something called python. Mm. Puthon in Greek is what it describes. It's the spirit that the girl with uh, with the divination that was doing when she was following Paul. And Paul gets angry and casts her out. It says that they literally cast out a spirit of python or a spirit of puthon. And what's so interesting about that is pythons literally take the breath away from their food. They literally take the life out of, they take the life. It's not freely given to the python, but the python takes it. They take it. You know, and one of the things that I had to understand what was so profound about when Eve listened to the snake The image of how God intended for man to rule over the things that creepeth upon the earth and the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. The image was distorted because the ultimate creation of God and mankind was now listening to the thing that it was meant to rule over. It took sin, took and perverted the image of God that he put in man. And if you think about this. Mm -hmm. If you think about this, our behavior that's defined as sin are things. I'm going to quote this from Rabbi Daniel Lappin. He said that when you sin, your behavior is almost like that of an animal. That's right. If you think about it, it's not the God self. It's not the higher being that God created, but it's the lower self, the animal instinct yeah it's the reason why they tell people you 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 don't defecate 
and urinate in public like animals do. Yeah. You do, when you whenever you uh, tapping into sin behavior, you are you are tapping into an animal like that sense of who you are. So in essence, that's the flesh. But um, it's it's interesting that you said that because uh, when you was talking earlier, I want you to catch this one. Um, the spirit of Python, a Python generally they they're constricting constricting animals, constricting constrictors. So that means mm-hmm. that they literally uh, entrance their prey. Yeah, I'm gonna go there. Yeah, they entrance their prey one way or another, whether it be with their eyes or whether it be with its movement or whether it be with its sway. Then they encircle it, and then they gradually continue to strengthen the grip of the person to take the very breath out of the life. Now, this is what's interesting. When I think about lust, and I'm just agreeing with you, lust is so constricting because in order to fulfill it, you have to allow it to be around you. You have to allow yourself to be enticed by it. And once you're stuck in it, you can't even breathe. Absolutely. That's the reason why when you look at even with books that you have to be careful about reading, because one of the books I read when I was younger was called The Art of Seduction. Man. And and one of the things that you have to understand is it tells you that seduction is a process. It is not anything that is done quickly before it to be effective. It is done slowly and is done gradually and over time. And it's intentional. It's intentional. So what you have to understand is what's so profound about that. Is that as things begin to constrict around you, as things begin to consume you, it's kind of like when people mention the experiment with the frog. If the water was automatically hot, the frog would have jumped immediately out. Right. But whenever they put the frog into the pot, if they slowly turn up the heat little bit by little bit, the frog will stay in there to the fact it boils and dies. It won't realize that the water has gotten hot increasingly over time. This is the same way that the spirit of lust works. It lures you in. Yeah. It slowly turns up its heat. And then before you know it, it's gone. That's the reason why some of you are gone in relationships. There was something that entranced you to pursue that man or woman. And then they slowly turned up the heat. They slowly started doing things different than how they originally got you. They slowly started bringing in toxic traits. They slowly started bringing in their baggage piece by piece. It may have been a pair of underwear at first. And then it turned into a a jersey. And then it turned into a toothbrush. And then it turned into deodorant. And then it turned into, oh, I just left my J's there by mistake. It it, it slowly... And it became a whole night bag. Then all of a sudden, I have a set of clothes at your house. Now it's like, when I'm spending the night there, I can spend the night and the day with you the next day. And then like, oh, don't worry about it. We'll just go get some more things so that you don't have to leave. Man, come on. Lust. Oh, God. That's the way... That's the way it works. It comes to take something. That's the reason why when relationships end, if they were built on lust, you feel so empty afterwards because somebody has taken, they have taken, and they have taken from you, but there was nothing that was given back to you. And, and There was no nourishment. And the thing about the one difference between love and lust is love will leave you with a sense of gratitude. Lust will leave you with a sense of gratification. Those are two separate things altogether. Because when you lust after something, it only gratifies your flesh. But when you have a sense of gratitude, gratitude, it increases increases what goes on in your spirit. So when you love someone, you might feel lost, but you feel grateful for the interaction that you had with them, no matter how long the time was. But when it was lust, you can deal without it. In fact, you try to find somebody else in order to fill that void because you understand this was only this was only physical or it was only lustful. Let me just go ahead and put it into the Absolutely. dirt. Let's get to the dirt. So straight up, when most people sitting here saying that they are in love with somebody, but they only really enjoy the sex because it gratifies their flesh. Lust. It's lust. When you sit here saying, oh, I'm mad at this person because they've done X, Y, and Z. But then you like, I feel so empty without them. That's because you miss the fact that you can't bust a nut no more. But I thought of something, Nick. I just thought of something. I always hear people say it was love at first sight. But was it really lust at first sight? Highly possible. It, was it really lust at first sight? Did, was there a tantalizing sensation that you had? And one of the things is, and I'm not saying it's wrong to, to have a sexual attraction or anything like that to someone because I'm, I'm very much so 
sexually attracted to my how wife. Else you gonna, how else are you going to procreate? It's, it's a, it's a, it I, I believe it is a tinge there. of lust. I do believe it's a tinge of lust. But what I think the problem is, is when it, when it burns uncontrollably. That's what Paul said. I think, I think it's when lust becomes what supersedes spiritual insight, spiritual man, sought, man, spirit. It, it, you know, people who spend their whole life chasing after money, lusting after money, because it gives them access in the things of the world, but they live their whole life and they're shut out from God because that was what they pursued and not Him. Genesis chapter they, three. Yeah, go ahead. When when Eve saw the fruit. And saw that it was good for food. She then desired it. Because she knew of what the end result can be. She desired the fact it will give you knowledge and understanding that she didn't have at that current moment. She lusted after something that she did not currently have in order to get something that she knew she was instructed not to take stuff. But see, you know what you know what you really just messed my head up with though? What's up? And I have really had to think about this. What's up? He told them not to eat of the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Right. And the serpent tricked her in saying, well, you know, God doesn't want you to eat this because if you ate of the tree, you would be like him. But the thing is, if God made them in his His image, image, they were already like him. Exactly. And what the Bible doesn't say is that God could have taught Adam and Eve about the knowledge of good and evil to where that the seeds of the knowledge of good and evil didn't become embedded in who they were. And they could have ate the fruit and spit out the seeds. But catch, catch this one too. The same, the same scripture says that God was walking in the midst of the garden in the cool of the day and called out unto Adam. God is a spirit. Those that, that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So God was walking, which is a very natural act in nature but he was walking by spirit, speaking to Adam by spirit. And then he had to call Adam by his name saying, where art thou? And at the exact same time, Adam desired so much of Eve that it lost his place out with God. Mm. Let's go there. Because had Adam not been with Eve at the time that she was eating the fruit, he would have never been in a position to take something from her and saying, I desire to be with you so much. That I'm willing to listen to you over my own creator. Let's go there. But let's be honest. Lust makes people do that. Yeah. Because God will tell you that that's not the right person, but you'll still pursue him. Man, listen. God, God will tell you that that person means you no good, but you'll say, oh, it's because they came from a broken home. See, lust will always make have you make excuses for what God has told you was right. Man. Man, I don't know. I don't know if they're ready for that type of whooping today. No, no, no. I'm just saying though, lust will always make you like. Like for example, and I'll be very transparent to say this: the first time I got married, there were many people who advised for me not to marry my first wife, mm. and it led to the problems that came from certain lusts mm. in my first marriage. Yeah, I'm not going to go too much into that because I, I'm going to it's, keep... It's cool. It's cool. Keep it Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to tell or expose too much. But the thing was, was had I listened to the right voices. Yeah. See, one of my problems was, and I had to learn this the hard way, just because someone is a pastor doesn't mean that there's certain lusts or dysfunctions or certain ways or certain beliefs or certain ways of doing things does not have an influence on how and what they tell you. Yeah, it does. And what I had to realize is this. I was hearing one thing from people who loved me, and I was hearing another thing from someone else who I had a relationship with uh, from, a, uh, from a pastoral Paul-Timothy relationship. What I had to understand was spirit doesn't always have to come from the pulpit. It doesn't always have to come from the person with the collar. But because I'm listening to this, and also because I have an attraction to who I'm with, it overrode the good counsel that I was receiving. Mm -hmm. Now, luckily, I came out of my first marriage unscathed. But what I had to realize was after we got divorced, and I realized that I did not love her after we hit a certain wall in our marriage before we got divorced, 
I realized at that point my marriage wasn't built on love. Man. Because I, love does not love is never ending. My thing is if Dominique and I, if the Lord was to take Dominique away from me, and me and her, she was to pass away, God forbid that I'm not speaking that over my wife at all. But in the event that God was to do that, and in no in his all knowingness, I wouldn't want to get married again because I don't feel like I could ever love somebody else the way I've loved her. I, I don't feel like that it, it would be a genuine love that I would have if I was to get remarried, if something was to happen to her. And that's why I knew when love doesn't die, I knew that my second time I got married, my marriage was built on love. It wasn't built on lust. Now, let me let me throw this one out there just to throw like a screw in this one. So is it possible for love and lust to just be a decision of whether you take it or not. Can love or lust be a decision? Just a decision. Because the reason why I'm throwing this out there, because I just want to kind of mess with you, but I really believe, and I'm just going to answer it. I just believe that both of those, love and lust, are both decisions to be made. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I'm like, each of those is a decision in itself. Each day I'm married to Dominique, I make a choice to continue to love her. That part. I make a choice to continue to be faithful to my vows. I make a choice to continue to be the head of my household, to be a man and to be a provider. My love I have for her is a choice. I hope y'all hearing this ministry go by. You know, because even though he's talking about marriage, I hope y'all hear God in this. It's it's a choice. And I mean, even with salvation, it's a choice. Choose you. you this day. Who you, you shall serve. serve. God never took away free will from man. He gave Adam a choice. You can listen to me or you, you can, can choose to eat of this fruit and you can deal with the consequences of it. Same thing with Eve. You can listen to your husband or you can choose to listen to another voice. You know for a fact that your husband heard from God. But yet, you know that your husband not just heard from God, but hears from God, communes with God, but you chose to listen to another voice. But that goes to show you that's what the age-old thing of lust versus love is. We have a snake who's lust, who offers the 20% that's missing at home, versus you staying with the 80. It's clear as day. And many people, even to this day, still fall for the 20% that lust gives them. I know people who have left good jobs because... Oh, I have an opportunity to get these type of bonuses at this company. They left stability for one lustful moment. And when they get to the new company, they got laid off and couldn't even get their old job back that they had. But here's, here's the kicker, too. Even when we're going to talk about the 80-20. The people don't even, I don't even know if people catch this. But 80-20 rule. Think about it like this. If you're lacking the 20% of something within a relationship, it's up to you to make it up. But a lot of people don't like to be responsible. Kisses. So even even if, let's say, husband and wife, two people married, both of them are strong 80% for each other. You know what helps them to become 100% for each other? I see the deficiency that's there in the 20. Let me fill that 20 for you. And then vice versa. Let me see, let me, I see this deficiency of this 20. Let me feel that. So now, instead of you being one person that's 80% and another person that's 80% that's complaining about the 20 and then being like the enemy, trying to blow up a situation a whole lot bigger than what it is, and it's really not really worth it, not realizing you're responsible for that 20. Will Smith hold said on, this. Hold on, give me one second. But see, you, you touched on something, and I'm not going to let you get away from it. Okay. See, people forget that marriage is also an act of servitude. Man. And people have to remember love is connected with servitude. Mm. One of the things I can honestly say, if you follow me on Facebook... I got such a joy this past weekend with keeping my godson. I fed him. I washed him. I was, he farted on me. He poured apple juice on me. He hugged me. He bit my face. You know, he gummed my face, I should say, because he can't really bite too much, but that boy could eat. <laughs> but, you know, the thing was, because of the love I have for this child, I did not have an issue with being a grown man that served to meet the needs of a baby. Mm. I did not have a problem with that. I did not have a problem getting up to hold him at night when he woke up. I did not have a problem with getting whole milk 
to make sure that he could drink a sippy cup before he went to bed. It's because of the love that I had that me being in the in the position of a servant was not above me. See, the problem with us is that many of us have a, a sense of lust in our relationships because we don't have a heart to serve. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. See, y'all are always willing to take. You want somebody with a six-figure salary so they can take you on trips. You want somebody with a six-figure salary so they can take, take you to brunch, so they can take care of you. You you have a, a essence of lustfulness with wanting to take, but you never mention what servitude that you want to do in turn. Nor, Leslie even thought this out there, nor have an understanding of how to serve for that person that you're willing to take so much from. Absolutely. Man, like Absolutely. while you was talking while you was talking, I'm just gonna say this. Shout out to the shout out to the great parents out there, to the great fathers, to the great mothers, and a big ups to the fathers out there, because I feel like y'all don't get enough credit. I'm not a father yet, but you know what it is. So big mm-hmm. ups to y'all because as as the agent was talking and explaining, I kept on hearing that this is what love would seem like because think of it like this. You're the child and God is the father. And the entire time, he doesn't mind you doing the things that you do as long as you understand. God sit, literally sits back and does this. He literally serves us on a daily basis and all he asks is you to remember him and serve him back. But hold on, I'm going to go even deeper than that. When you read in Romans 8.31, it tells you of God before us and who can be against us. Mm-hmm. And what we have to remember is we're so powerful about that. When it says, if God be for us, I look up the word for in Greek. Mm-hmm. And you know what it means? But it means to be advantageous to. It means to have one's best intent and benefit in mind. Love always has your best benefit in mind. Love can give the truth in love. Love can say, I think you should stop doing this. Love can say, it hurts me when you do that. Love can say, because I love you, I think that these habits or these things that you do, you may need to look into. See, lust will let you destroy yourself as long as it benefits the person that, and, and it doesn't affect what you do for them. I know people all the time, as long as their aunt gave them money, they didn't care. But they didn't care about the alcohol that had consumed their life. They didn't care about the drugs that she was on. They took no effort to stop what was destroying her because it didn't affect what they could take from her. And and even on the even on the being advantageous or thinking about their best interest in heart, like in in love in general, if 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 your person, this is what I was gonna say. Whenever you're looking for somebody's best benefit at heart, generally speaking, the person that's telling you has no benefit in it. Absolutely. So they're telling you not to try to crush or demoralize you. But if you look at it on the back end of it, when they're telling you this, what do they profit by telling you other than the fact of this helps you? It doesn't help me in any way. This helps you all the way. Absolutely. Love gives so much and yet doesn't ask for anything in return. But you know what? You know what blew my mind, Nick? Now, I'm, I want to spin this a little bit if Let's you don't go. mind. When, you, when we talked about love being servitude, right? Right. So my issue is socially with our police departments, is it love or lust for the community? Oh, you had to go there. I had to because the thing <laughs> is they say that their motto is to protect and serve. But if we know that servitude is likened to acts of love, then why is it that there's so many, so many cold-blooded killings? Because they love to kill. But that's lust. Because you're looking to take life. You're not looking to give it. Facts. So is that really protect and serve or is that protect and lust? Is it PAL or is it PAS? It ain't even... I went, But then in that, in that same right, that's not protecting. What are you protecting if you're murdering? What are you protecting? Lustful principles. So, so it's in essence, it's lust and lust. Ah. That's that's what it is. It's lust. So L L no cool J is that right? Man, that's what it is. It's L and L no cool J. Okay. Not ladies love, but lust, lust and lust. lust. Yeah. I got you. I got because it's like I think about that because I've looked at everything from George Floyd mm. and people can say, well, you know, he he was on drugs. I'm like, okay, 
Well, let me let me ask you this then: If he was on drugs, would you you would still love your child if they were on drugs? But do you think it would be appropriate if police had a lust to kill them because they were on drugs? Does drug usage equate? To having a lustful heart to kill somebody. Let's 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 even take it. Let's no, take no, 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 no. But hold on, hold on, hold on. Does it does it equate to that? Because truth be told, I can't think of very many people who are listening to this podcast who have not used marijuana, who have not used freebase, who have not used cocaine or alcohol. Well, to be honest with you, if you've been to the dentist, you've used cocaine. Because if you've ever had a feeling done, Novocaine is a derivative of cocaine. See, the only difference is you define what's legal drugs and what's illegal drugs according to what the laws tell you. But you've used a byproduct of cocaine if you've had a feeling done. Or, or you've eaten you poppy seeds, which produce heroin. Yeah, yeah. So that that are in muffins, but when they're in muffins, they're oh, legal. Goodness. But whenever you pick them from the field. It's illegal. It's an opioid. So when we look at the concept of what we define as drugs and whether there's a lust for police to take the lives of those who use them, really, in essence, what so exempts you from that? Yeah. Many of you use CBD oil. That's a derivative of marijuana, which is a Schedule One drug because of the THC content. That's the only difference between marijuana and CBD is a THC content, yeah. but it's still the same substance that produces a high. And so really, in, in essence, is there a love that you have for the community as a law enforcement officer? Because to be honest with you, if I really love the community, I would try to get people who are hooked on drugs help. I wouldn't try to put them in the ground or misappropriately mis- pull out my... Gun and claim it was my taser. Man, man, let me let me just say this then. Or even kneel on somebody's neck for eight minutes and forty six seconds. I wouldn't even. I'll take it to this to this extent. I don't even think it's just a matter of the lust of just bloodshed. I think it's the lust of the fact of eliminating black people. I'm just gonna take it to that extent. Yeah. Because in every in every scenario in every case, I'm sitting back like this. We can see brutality to every other every other minority group in America, but every other minority group in America will get some form of recompense, some some for, some form of reconciliation, some okay. form of of a correction, some form. Even even oh, when even when you look at in the Asian community and they're going through what they're going through, I sat back and looked at history. I said, you know what? I said they were put in prison camps. They were forced. To work on the railroads in the uh, in the West, they were forced to do these different Chinese things. exclusion. And then I just sat there and I was like, "But we got over four hundred years of that." But no, not even just that, Nick. Think about this. And like y'all building the railroads, we built America. But think about this, Nick. The Chinese were compensated for the Chinese exclusion. Act. Exactly. The Japanese, Jews. the Japanese during World War II, when they put them in concentration camps, as quiet as that's kept, it seems like everybody seems to forget that. Um, they were compensated as well. This um, the eight that were killed in the eight Asian people that were killed in Atlanta. I was reading about a fund that they were proposing of fifty million dollars in regards to that. Uh, one of the things, and I, I'll say this straight up, and I, I have no shame about admitting this. I did vote for Biden and Harris, but when I watched Kamala Harris be asked about if reparations uh, could be given to black people. And the proposal was about providing a tax credit that would benefit those in the African-American community. And she did express that when those who are black do better economically, the country does better economically. But one of the things that, that really bothered me about that is, is that even if that legislation passes, all it takes is a different House and Senate to undo that. And there's no... And the thing is, we've come up with trillions of dollars to do stimulus for for all Americans and everything with COVID-19. So it's not like America doesn't have money to be able to start a fund 
or anything that could be beneficial. But one of the things that we have to understand is, is because it's not a priority. It's because it's not of importance. One of the things that I, I can also say, too, is it's a bloodlust. Because when we look at Atlanta, Georgia, and we look in the surrounding area of Georgia, in the state of Georgia, with, with the laws that it passed with Governor Kemp, one of the things that we had to understand was that this is pretty much a modern-day poll taxing. This was pretty much a modern-day redlining. Yeah. One of the things that, that concerned me was is that they were stating that, well, you know, you can't give people food and drinks in line, and you can't... Well, my whole thing is this. What are you going to do to ensure that there's an equal number of voting places within the black community as there are with the white folks? I mean, I, I even remember when... Uh, in Houston, when people were voting in Texas Southern and people were waiting in line for nine and ten hours to vote, what, what that was was that was an attempt to, to try to stall people out to the point that they got frustrated and, and, and wouldn't be able to cast their vote or hopes that they would have to wait in line so long that they would just decide to go home. See, you may not necessarily say, well, hey, I'm a racist, but what you'll do is because it feeds into your lust of trying to control, trying to manipulate and try to silence the black voice. You'll create policies or set circumstances that benefit you and are disadvantaged and, and, and not advantageous to others. And what we have to understand what's so profound about that, that's devilish behavior. That's, that's behavior of Satan himself. That's the reason why God speaks when you read in the psalmist that he hates dishonest scales. That means the white scale shouldn't be tipped and the black scale has no weight on it. It, it shouldn't be that the black scale is tipped and that the Hispanic scale has no weight on it. It shouldn't be that the white scale is all the way down on the ground and the scales of everybody else are up in the air. So when we look at love versus lust, you can claim that you love black people. You can claim that you're an ally of black people. You can even claim the religion of black people. I'm going to go there because what we have to understand is the writings and the teachings that you read in the Bible came from the Eastern world. White men and women did not write that. The first church was established in Ethiopia. So the same black people who you hate, have called curse, have justified slavery with, with, with scripture for, you are literally taking their book and their history and weaponizing it against them and whitewashing it to where it benefits you. That To me, there's no love in that at all. And, and according to what we defined as lust earlier on in this, in, this, uh, in this podcast, is that lust is something that constricts. Lust, lust is something... That causes it to take the breath out of. Love is something that literally tries to crush in order to consume it wholly. One of the things we have to look at, too, is if, if black people were given a form of reparations, let's just say a form. Black people are the, some of the wealthiest people collectively in America because of how much we spend every year annually. If we were to stop spending money, America itself would become bankrupt in less than a year. But you know what, Nick? I just had a whole vision. Okay, go for it. I hope you're ready for this. Rest in peace, George Floyd. When he cried out to his mother, he cried out to the representation of the love, the closest love we can get that God has for us. He literally cried out to his mother. Now, I have a mother that loves me very much. Very much. I've never known what it's like, what it's like to have a, a mother that didn't love me. I, I don't know. I could never write a book about that mm. or discuss it. But he's crying out to who loves him, but he's having his breath taken away by someone who's kneeling on him. And how you know it was demonically influenced because his behavior not only went against the policies of the Minnesota uh, Minneapolis Police Department, it literally took the life out of him because of his ill-gotten behavior. 
man. Even to the point of where in order, there were other people around that were trying to stop them from murdering him. And they were threatening the other people that we will kill you as well. If you don't step back and allow this to happen. To make it an example and to literally publicly have it uh, videotaped for the world to see of the of the advancement of the lust or the bloodlust of trying to destroy black lives in America. Like, I don't think people was ready for the, this this level of intensity through this podcast, but I want you to know we're going to have to bring it. We're going to have to. Because, because it, it's issues like this that affect the church as well. We're not even getting to the church yet. We're not even going to get into it, but it's issues like this that affect the church as well. Because many people have been caught between, if God loves us, why are these things happening? Right. Why are these things happening? How are these things able to run rampant? Man, I just had a conversation today with a friend of mine. And this this, this is going to probably kind of throw us off, but I know we're going to come back. No, you're fine. I said it would be easier for black people in America to literally vacate and start their own country than it would be for black people to get equal rights in America. It would be easier to literally get land, found another country entirely, set up its own constitution and all these things, and set up its own sense of governing before America can literally give it what it's owed. Literally. I was like, dude. I mean, that's true because we even see with Black Wall Street, when blacks wanted to operate independent of whites, and they had productive, uh, productive society. And it was an all-black neighborhood, and we don't hear about black-on-black crime. We don't hear about drugs being in their neighborhood. But nobody wants to discuss about uh, Cointel with uh, with Reagan and them. And, and uh, yeah, and people don't want to discuss about H.W. Bush bringing crack cocaine. But and people forget that drugs were originally supposed to be brought in by the government to dismantle the Black Panthers. And they operated independently from the government because they took the program a wick that Fred Hampton and Huey Newton started and they made that a government program. So even when you tell, but even when you say that black people are lazy, even programs that their organizations have created, the government has taken and claimed as their own. And every time you see a prominent black figure that promotes black unity, black health, black wealth. They are always villainized, demonized, ostracized, criticized, attacked by media of the public and different officials in the uh, in society in order to tear them down. Like you, when is the last time that you've seen a black prominent man that wait, has wait, not wait, been wait, torn wait. down by media? Wait, but that's something though. You just said something. Lust, because if love, according to Romans eight thirty one was about the betterment and the building of you. That means that if you're being torn down, that's the exact opposite. Yeah. That has to be lust, son. It has to be lust that tears people down. It has to be lust that constricts, like we talked about. It's lust that has to control. It's lust that doesn't want liberation for people. Of course not. Of course not. Man, this country was founded on lust. What are you talking about? Oh no! This this country, even I'll even say like this: the establishment of slavery, though it started through the Roman Catholic Church, slavery was the byproduct of lust. How do you how do you go and literally get sanctioned to say quote unquote spread the gospel, but really and truly y'all want the money? So if they're not willing to convert, or better yet, just take. Rob, pillage, and plunder every location that you go to. Take these people from Africa, move them somewhere else, and then if they are not willing to uh, agree or come along with whatever you put in place, kill them. Wait, wait, wait. Take wait. their wealth. Wait, wait. Take wait. their women. Wait, wait, wait. But I always hear the argument from people that say, "Well, you know, white people were slaves, and there were slaves." In in Africa, but let me explain something to you because what you're saying is factual, 
but you're not discussing the full context of it. See, what you have to understand is in those countries that you mentioned about with slavery, slavery was done as a form of bond servitude, which means that there was legally a debt that you owed that you worked to pay off. When the slaves worked, their master worked with them. When their slaves worked, they ate what the master ate at their table. When their slaves worked and they had paid their debt, they were set free along with their wives and they had their own families. Now, when we look at America, there was no You debt. tell me what debt those black people owed America. You tell me what economic compensation they got with coming here and you tell me how the how the exploitative capitalism of America is equivalent to bond servitude. If you can if you can parallel and prove a point with that, I'll shut up right now. And the reason why I'll have to shut up is because you cannot. You cannot justify capitalism and exploitation in America and then try to liken it because a practice under the same name took place in a different part of the world. But it just showed that there was two different mindsets when it came to the practice. Yeah. One was to have servitude. The other was to see how much money I could rack up with selling cotton and then shipping textiles from up north. It's, it's even so bad that other countries in the world look at how horrific slavery was in America to say that how can America try to make its claim with such a gory history? But to where slavery, slavery, American slavery was so different from every other slavery that it literally changed the course of history about how people dealt with slavery at all. Because of the grotesque behavior in America is one of the one of the leading reasons why countries in Europe had completely abolished it. Absolutely. And also, too, just so that you can have a better understanding of slavery in America, I would encourage you all to watch the film Goodbye, Uncle Tom. Man. I would really encourage you to watch that. And th this film was made by two Italian men, so please don't please don't try to use the thing because well, this I'm is just anti this is anti white uh propaganda that he's promoting. No, no, these were made by two uh, Italians. Two, two white Americans that made this movie in the 1970s, but you'll understand the systematic racism and oppression from a different standpoint. Because when black people often tell people things, it's always shut up. Y'all are always complaining. You ought to be grateful we brought you here. So maybe if you hear it from another white person, maybe maybe you'll be more receptive of it because it'll be right in your man, eyesight. Man, you just you just you just I, I'm just saying. Another, you just activated another thing on my. I'm soapbox. just saying, man. Why? Why? I know this is kind of off topic. Oh, hold on, hold on. And also, some of you black people too, because you think the same way. Somebody black tells you something, <laughs> you you always want to question it and go to Google and have a million. The white man tell you the sky is blue. You'll look up there and say it is. Black man tell you that you want to look at. Well, the weather forecast tells you let that. Me, it, let me verify. Let me verify what I'm. Well, verify what I told you. Man. You you can you can cash this check and run to the bank with it. You you can no 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 we no, you good yeah good. yeah that that's that's what we need to look into we need to look at facts we don't need to look at what makes people feel good because while you have to understand this while you have to understand this I'm gonna say that one last time while you have to understand this lust versus love is the difference between death and life yeah it literally is yeah it literally is yeah one of the things that you have to understand is. America is a land of opportunity for certain people. America, for others, is exactly like Operation Iraqi Freedom. It is exactly like invading Normandy. It is exactly like you, you invading actually, Okinawa. You actually brought me to the, to the thought that I had, and I'm glad that you said that. Because I sit back, and I, I remember this this uh, jargon rhetoric or this type of speech that says to black people, go back where you came from. The problem is, if we did go back to where we came from, you would try to do it all over again to bring us back. Number two, 
How can we go back to a place that we were purposely erased from in history? Third thing, you know where you're from. Generally speaking, almost every other social group outside of the indigenous Americans that we call Native Americans, almost every other group has a country that they can reference where they came from. They have ancestry there. Mm -hmm. If you have such ancestry there and you're so mad about people being somewhere, go back to your country. But my thing is, Nick, I ain't going nowhere. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I didn't pay taxes. I said they go back. No, I understand that. But when they tell me to go back, I didn't pay taxes. My grandfather served in the military here. Grandfather, father, great-grandfather. Came back from World War II. Yeah. Still three-fifths of a person. Yeah. You still black vets served the country. Don't get the Hazelwood Act money to go to school. Man, man. My but hold on, but hold on. Even so, in Virginia, well, thank you, but you served my country. He's the one in uniform, but the white officer is telling him, serve my country. Oh, yeah, I, I posted the video on Facebook. I mean, no, 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 no. I've, I've seen the video. It's Serve just... my country. Not the country you took from the Native Americans, the country that you got your wealth from with exploitating blacks here, your country where you've written Jim Crow, your country where you gave qualified immunity to government officials because of the corruptness that was taking place within the Nixon administration at the Supreme Court in 1967. The same case I posted on Facebook today, the same case that has allowed and been expanded because of the case in 1982, that, 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 that this, my country, the same country that has brought back redlining in Georgia, the same country now in the state of Texas where they don't have money to pass a George form, a George Floyd police reform bill, but they have money to say that if somebody wants to get an abortion, that the state has money to get a lawyer to represent the unborn child in the hearing, that this, this same my country, my country where white people really don't really like each other anyway, because I, I went to school with people who were German, who don't like people who were Irish. I went to school with people who from Czechoslovakia, who don't like people who are Russian. Don't, don't say my country because depending on who you are, that determines who your enemy is. So even, even to the extent of saying you have a state-regulated official trying to talk to a person that represents the entirety of the military and its country. For one, you're outranked on so many levels, but yet because you have authority in this one little realm, and because this person's skin tone is different than yours, you can say, this is my country. If anything, the person that's be on the battlefield to represent it in other nations is the one that has the right to say, this is my country. But that's why I asked. That's why I asked earlier when I discussed about with police interactions, is it really a sense of love or is it a sense of lust that they have? It's all lust, man. It's all love, and it's and it's and it's and this is not to this is not to even just say I'm bashing police officers because I already know for a fact that there are quite a few and a lot of police officers for one that I know and two that I know they actually stand for what they believe in that actually Absolutely. that actually serve their community that actually protect their community. Absolutely. This is not this is not this is not me saying that all police officers blanketed are like this. But what's being represented in the murders of black people in America is for those people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, that, and that's part of the reason why even when I worked as a security officer, that's part of the reason why I left the field. Because I had, uh, I had an incident one night where I was with a fellow officer and he was anxious. He was lustfully looking for something to cause controversy with. And we had a, a, a Hispanic family, and he uh, he knocks on their door, and he tells them, y'all need to clean your S, insert the word, you know exactly what I'm saying, up in front of your house. And he bends down to pick up the bottle, and he puts his hand on the service weapon, he tells him, I swear before Christ, if you pick up that bottle 
to break that, to stab me, I'm going to shoot you. That's why I know, and, and, and for those of you who probably painted a picture in your mind, you can imagine probably what ethnic group he belonged to. You probably can. And not, and, and not really need any context clues either. But I knew at that point that that wasn't for me. Because the people of the community that, I, that we were serving with that site, I had began to form relationships with them on my patrols. I began to talk with them. I began to form bonds with them. And when I would work my patrol, they would bring food to my guard shack and, you know, let me know what was going on and things I needed to check out. And all of that went out the window. The love those people have for me went out the window because I had one lustful officer with me that night. Because then I became likened to him because the uniform I wore did not mean the same thing to them anymore because of the uniform that he wore. And that was that was the reason why I never pursued a career in law enforcement. Man, like, folks, this, this is a heavy topic, man. We're... We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to have a second episode because we haven't even gotten to, to the, the stuff to the other thing. things that we wanted to discuss on this evening, man. But one of the things I want you to think about as we close this episode is I want you to think about the lust or the love. What is your motivation for what you are doing? Is it lust or is it love? Is it something you're looking to serve? Or is it something that you're looking to, to be take. served in or to take from? Yeah. It, it's essential that you think of that. We, we are going to have to circle to this again because I feel everything's starting to cut off. I feel the anointing starting to lift. I feel that things need to be curtailed. But I promise you, episode two, we're coming back just as we did with this one. Yeah, so everybody um, be blessed out there. Man, be careful. Be safe. And we can say this from the bottom of our hearts. And I, I know I'm speaking for you, but I'm going to speak for myself as well. But uh, we love you for real. Absolutely. Because love puts out truth. Yes. And we're not looking to take, but we're looking to bring you something. All right, y'all. Be blessed. Oh, let's pray out. Father, I thank you for tonight. And I thank you for an understanding that we have to look intrinsically within us with our motivations. Are they fueled by love or are they fueled by lust? I thank you for the opportunity for this heavy topic to be discussed. But more importantly, Lord God, I'm asking that this would have impact. That this would bring change. That this would bring renewed mindsets. That this would bring a revelation and a truth to your people. I thank you for the time that you've given us. But more importantly, I thank you for the fellowship that you have brought amongst us with Nick and I being gathered. It is in the name of your son, Jesus the Christ, that we do pray and end this prayer. Amen.